dearly loved by God. We gather as a community bringing our burdens and joys of this week, our disappointments and hopes, our wonderings and our questions. We bring our faith, tattered or whole as it may be. We bring all of who we are to God and we worship together today. Please join me in prayer. God of holy wisdom, we are seekers on the way to a deeper wisdom and a wider vision. Our lives are full of information and opinions, but in the midst of it all, we long to hear the voice of wisdom. Your wisdom, O Lord, cutting through the noise and teaching us how to live. God, we have come here this morning to learn wisdom from your word, from your Holy Spirit, and from one another. We have come so that wisdom may call us out of the darkness and into the light. We have come to have a deeper, richer, wisdom-filled life that you have promised to each of us. Oh God, make us ready to hear the words spoken to our hearts this morning. Call us to hear your wisdom and grant us the courage to respond. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Who among you is seeking the wisdom of God? We long to hear God's word spoken to our hearts. Who among you is seeking God's bright and holy truth? We long to learn the ways of wisdom and righteousness. Who among you is seeking a spirit-filled life? We long to live lives of holiness and light. God grants wisdom generously to all who ask. Come near, people of God. Let, Let us worship, worship God in wisdom and truth.
journey start when in my youth I searched in my heart I would pray for her wait for her wisdom my road my goal and my star from the blossom to the sea long hashing What does it mean to be wise? Who is wise? How do we become wise? When I think about being wise, some pictures come to my mind. Often in stories, we read about a wise old owl. How did owls get to be so smart? I also think about grandparents. I think they have got to be wise because they have lived a long time and have learned a lot. What does it mean though for us to be wise? Jesus spent a lot of time talking about what it means to be wise, and often what that meant was how we can make good choices in following what God wants for our lives. In the book of Matthew, Jesus preached a kind of sermon. He was teaching his disciples about how to follow God. He told them again and again that it is important to speak and act honestly, and not to do things just to impress people. He even talked about giving to others and sharing what you have. He talked about how to pray and even when to fast. Jesus even told his followers not to worry and instead trust in God. He said to do your best for God's kingdom. Make following God the most important thing and everything else will fall into place. Then Jesus told a story. Jesus loved to tell stories. These stories help people understand what his teachings meant. The story Jesus told in Matthew 7 was about two builders. Maybe you even know this story. Jesus said, Everyone who hears me and follows my teachings is like a wise builder who built a house on a foundation of rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the wind began to blow against the house. The house did not fall because it had been built on a foundation of solid rock. But everyone who hears me and does not follow my words is like a foolish builder who built a house on sand. The rain fell, the wind came, the floods came, and the wind blew against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, my friend Noelle agreed to help me out 
and try to build on a rock versus the sand. We can see here that Noelle is building on top of a very solid rock and she is really making a big solid house. She's even able to stack up quite a lot of blocks on top of that house, including even an arched roof. Yay! Now let's watch as Noelle tries to build on top of the sand. She had a little trouble getting some of those blocks balanced and some of it even fell off. Her pieces seem to keep falling. And she has to turn some of them around, too. And one last piece to put on top for the roof. Oh, even that is having trouble balancing. There we go. Now she has another house built. And then Noelle's going to take a watering can to show what it would have been like to have the storms come. So first, she pours on top of the house on rock. And then on sand, oh no, it crumbled. For us to be wise, Jesus said he wants us to be like that beautiful creation Noel made on the solid rock. We can stand firm in Jesus' teaching. We can stand up to problems that come our way. We can be wise. Scripture reading comes from James 3, 
13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that you, your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you, you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but it is earthly and spiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And the, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. The scripture Jokey just read is an excerpt from an epistle attributed to James, the leader of the Jerusalem church, and sent out to 12 churches of the diaspora. These early Jewish Christians are facing trials and temptations both among themselves and from the surrounding society. The poor are suffering at the hands of the rich and powerful. Widows and orphans are being neglected. Selfish ambition and bitter envy mark divided relationships. Hypocrisy and discrimination and social climbing are rife. James exhorts them to practice joy, wisdom, confident prayer, and faithful response to the liberating word of God in a hostile world. He reminds them that faith is not a mere theoretical abstract but is to be implemented in every action, in every circumstance. They are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I wonder what a letter from James to us might address. We're living some truly challenging months. COVID with no end in sight, huge gaps and inequities among us, both in the church and beyond, an election season marked by scary, divisive rhetoric, all leading to an unsettled and unsettling future. How would James advise us to live out our faith as doers of the word and not hearers only? Who and what would James say matters? Many of James's instructions echo the words and wisdom of Jesus as found in Matthew, almost as if Jesus is offering his letter as a refresher course in what Jesus says matters, perhaps Matthew 201, focusing particularly on the Sermon on the Mount, specifically the Beatitudes. These early Christians are conflicted between the old ways of the Torah and the newer, narrower way of Jesus, which requires repentance and new birth and new ethics. James advises them to ask God for wisdom, who will give it generously and ungrudgingly to all who ask in faith. Matthew, especially as he presents Jesus in conflict with the chief priests and Pharisees, identifies Jesus with the wisdom of God, Lady Wisdom or Sophia, who appears in the book of Proverbs calling all who lack wisdom to come to her. She calls from all around the city, from the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, 
calling people to her house for a banquet where they will receive into their hearts the understanding of righteousness, of justice, of equity, of every good path. When John's disciples ask Jesus if he is the Messiah, Jesus doesn't seem to be getting how a Messiah is supposed to act. He tells them wisdom is known by her deeds and send them, sends them back to John with these words. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the poor have good news preached to them. This is what the true Messiah does. This is where true wisdom shows up. James gives his readers some basic instruction in how true Christians are supposed to act. Obey the royal law, love your neighbor as yourself. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. What good is it if you say you have faith but do not have works? If someone is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, read, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, thoughts and prayers, and yet you do not supply their body needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Even the demons believe and shudder. Religion that is pure and undefiled is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. Do not speak evil against one another. Do not show partiality or favoritism to rich and well-dressed people over poor persons in dirty clothes. Read Losers. James singles out rich people for special instruction. Come now, you rich people, listen. The wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Finally, after urging the people to pray for the sick and for those who confess their sins that they may be healed, James's last words commend whoever brings back another who wanders from the truth, thus saving the wanderer and covering a multitude of sins. Today we're focusing on the excerpt Jokey read earlier. James doesn't exactly define wisdom, but he describes its qualities. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. This list echoes the list of blessings Jesus puts forward in Matthew's Beatitudes. In this sequence, pure comes first, framing the rest. Pure means unadulterated, with no additives, no artificial ingredients, no GMO-type components. You'll remember Jesus says pure religion is caring for orphans and widows in distress and keeping oneself unstained by the world. 
The reign of God, as reflected in both Matthew and James, transforms the world into totally upside-down mode on a grand scale. The nation of Israel in Jesus' time is not a democracy, not a republic, but a theocracy, one nation under God. Written into Israel's covenant with God has always been the intention to liberate people who are enslaved, trapped, exploited by human systems, and to protect the vulnerable, the outcast, the poor, the humiliated, the caged, the abandoned, the abused, the marginalized, the displaced. These people matter. As Israel's religious law and order professionals of Jesus' time, the chief priests and the Pharisees are scandalized by what Jesus says matters. The chief priests are responsible to atone for the people's sins, making peace with God according to the law. The Pharisees are pious purists who act like vigilantes of the law, harassing people for not tithing or not keeping the Sabbath. Both groups have amassed great wealth, often at the expense of widows whose land they buy on the cheap or householders whose properties are seized because they can't pay their debts. James would hardly have called this religion pure. Second to pure in his sequence, James says wisdom is peaceable, as in blessed are the peacemakers. Wisdom makes for peace. In fact, James says a harvest of righteousness or right living, justice, equity, is sown in peace for those who make peace. We can probably assume safely that Jesus considered himself a peacemaker. But his peacemaking took on a certain edge. We could perhaps call it waging peace without waging war. While the chief priests and Pharisees were not waging war on anyone, they were the controllers and the beneficiaries of the temple system within which lay the whole identity of Israel. Matthew relates a sequence of parables in which Jesus directly addresses those same chief priests and Pharisees on Palm Monday, the day after a Jesus-led march right through Jerusalem up to the temple itself, accompanied by shouting, banner-waving throngs, hailing him as the Messiah, and witnessing the havoc he wreaks by upending tables and scattering vendors and animals and coins about the courtyard, presaging the violent upending of the whole temple system just 40 years later. He promises that the temple itself will be destroyed, no stone left upon another. He pronounces several colorfully harsh woes upon them, calling them out for their abysmal record as leaders. Injustice and inequity, hypocrisy and partiality have crept into the very fabric of their system. Gentleness, willingness to yield, and mercy are in short supply. So Jesus wages peace, contending against their system itself on behalf of marginalized, disempowered, vulnerable groups and individuals. He reminds them of what matters to him. 
So how shall we discern the voice of wisdom amid the cacophony of voices calling out to us from social media, from pundits and politicians, in Zoom gatherings, in family conversations? How shall we discern what really matters? Let us look to the author and finisher of our faith, whose works and words model what matters for his followers. Clearly, Jesus recognized and contended directly against systems that restricted and harmed his people. He pronounced woes on leaders whose ideologies sustained those harmful systems. He preached good news to the poor. He healed, fed, liberated, taught, challenged, trained, and got crucified for it. And God exalted him for it. Where might we start 2,000 years later? We can be curious about how the systems we're part of determine who and how we are. We can be curious about the lives of those we have judged or written off or disdained. We may discover we have a lot to learn about ourselves, about how we came to believe what we believe, about how our fear and anxiety get in the way of our compassion and empathy, about how judgment of others reflects our own insecurities and unhealed hurts about how historic harms get stored in bodies, hearts, minds. We may hear Jesus calling us to repent. We may need to call others to repentance. Jesus, the pure, unadulterated word and wisdom of God, is calling us from every corner, from the marketplaces, from the heights, from the prisons and cages and street corners and storefronts and malls, calling us to God's house for a banquet where we may receive into our hearts the understanding of righteousness, of justice, of equity, of every good path. Let us be doers of these understandings, not hearers only. Listen again to these words. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. God of grace and God of glory, on thy people pour thy power. 
Crown thine ancient church's story, bring her by to glorious flower. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage for the facing of this hour, for the facing of this the people round us scorn thy Christ assail his ways from the fears that long have bound us free our hearts to faith and praise grant us wisdom grant us courage for the living of these days of these days for the living of these days. Cure thy children's warring madness, bend our pride to thy control. Shame our wanton selfish gladness, rich in things and poor in soul. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage, lest we miss thy kingdom's goal, lest we miss thy kingdom's goal. Save us from weak resignation to the evils we deplore. Let the search for thy salvation be our glory evermore. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage, serving thee whom we adore, serving thee Listen, wisdom is calling. Before it all began. God, word, and wisdom. Creating, calling from the foundations of the deep. Listen, wisdom is calling. From the mountaintops. Earth, fields, and sea. Creating, calling from the foundations of the deep. Listen. Wisdom is calling. To those who suffer? God's love is given. Endurance blossoms from the foundations of the deep. Listen, wisdom is calling. Daily, God's delight. You, me, everyone. Given hope, grace, love as the foundation of our lives. Listen, wisdom is calling poured into our hearts that we may become christ's hands and heart love as the foundation of our lives may we become christ's hands and heart 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 listen, listen.
Wisdom is calling. Go forth into the world, living wisely in the name of Christ. Amen.